Kai, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode 102, and we're going to be continuing our spring 2022 anime previews. I'm your host, Joel, and I have returning with me, Jace. And, oh boy, we have a lot of stuff to go over. The oh, man. Spring, <laughs> the spring season has technically begun. Uh, I'd say, funny enough, about half of the shows have already had their premiere episode, about half will be premiering either tomorrow, the day after this broadcast, or in the early days of next week. So uh, we aren't going to go into any of the shows that we covered last week. Some of them we've seen the first episodes of, but we're going to save that for next week when we will have our initial reaction show. There are a couple shows that we will be going over the previews for today that if we have seen the first episode, we can give a bit more of context perhaps, but we're going to hold back from giving initial reactions and reviews beyond just saying, you know, this is what the show is about. So uh, definitely you'll want to tune in next week because uh, honestly, these are these three shows that we get every season are one very easy for us to plan, but also genuinely some of the most fun because it's seeing so many different options, doing the reactions, and then, you know, uh, the educated reactions, I suppose, of once you have context that we do not watch every show every season. Uh, at last count, there was 45 shows broadcasting this season, a number of them being sequels, a number of them being new. But even though, you know, I would say I watch much, much more than the average anime fan, which is to say that I, on average, will probably watch anywhere from 8 to 12 shows in a given season. I will maybe watch the first episode of up to 15-ish, but even that is a stretch for me. Uh, I work at least personally on a lot of anecdotal evidence from a couple different sites for first episode reviews. Um, my go-tos are AnimeFeminist.com and AnimeNewsNetwork.com and just skimming through those, sort of, you know, removing the wheat from the chaff and uh, figuring out, okay, even as someone who watches a ton, there's no way I'm going to watch it all and being able to make it so that I'm at least marginally efficient with my own time, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. So uh, for anyone who didn't join us last week, we are going through this list via AnnieChart.net in order to get the listing in order that we have it. If you use the settings button, which is on the upper bar at the far right, set the titles to English. And then once you're back on the spring 2022 page, if you go to the button on the far right again, there will be the up and down arrows for sorting. Sort by title. We got all the way through Comey Can't Communicate Season 2 last week, so that means that we are starting this week with World After, sorry, Love After World Domination. This is a series that is being adapted from a manga, and it's one that I've known about for a while. I've read a couple chapters of the manga, and it's one that I know is highly anticipated for many people this season, and of particular interest, I would assume, to you, Jace, because, well, I'll go on and read the blurb. There's two sides to every coin. Oops, sorry, the thing reformed. There's two, there's two sides to every coin. Light versus dark, good versus evil, love versus hate. Sometimes the line between the two grows thin, and it's so, so easy to cross. So it's no surprise that uh, Fudo Aikawa, a.k.a. Red Gelato of the Gelato Five and Hero to All People, may have happened to fall for the villainess and member of the shadow organization Gecko, Desumi Magahara. 
but when opposites like these attract, there's a, more than a few obstacles to their love. What is a pair like this to do? It is listed as an action comedy and etchy, and it's essentially tokusatsu hero falls in love with tokusatsu villainess, and, you know, I assume this isn't going to be a Romeo and Juliet type of star-crossed lovers with tragedy, but it's that, okay, we're not supposed to like each other, but we've fallen head over heels for each other, and having to keep it from their respective organizations while still working through what are probably going to be written as cultural differences, I assume, that, mm. uh, you know, the hero is going to be heroic and there might be certain things that the villainous character considers normal because of whatever justification they have for her being a villainess and them finding a middle ground and being able to work through their relationship. Having read only the first handful of chapters, they start going out pretty quickly. That this is not a will-they-won't-they they scenario. It is they-will-they-are-and-how-are-they-dealing-with-it type of show. Yeah. I mean, uh, I... There's, there is the star-crossed lovers trope, but it's played off as comedy and more of a forbidden romance type of thing because it's like, imagine the scandal if this gets out and chaos. Oh, like what if the, you know, what if the villain side were to find out or what if the hero side, like what would the repercussions be? Because you figure the hero gets find out dating a villain, that's scandal. The villain gets found out dating a hero, I mean, they could get anywhere from like killed or, you know, like thrown out or whatever. So, I mean, like the two of them both have legitimate fears over their little like relationship getting exposed. And I did read uh, the first couple of chapters online a while back. And being a huge Toku fan, I love the I, I love everything about the concept. I mean, especially growing up with Power Rangers you get the crush on the female villains uh, like Scorpina, you know, and you see that costume design of the female generals and you can see that trope in the love interest in this show. Yes, very much that uh, that's where it's earning its etchy tag that it is a yeah. um, it's a very flattering outfit, shall we say. Um, <laughs> it, this is still well within PG range, though, that in terms of the yeah. sliding scale of etchy, at least from what I have seen, you know, this might not be something that you watch with your parents around, but this feels very safely in PG-13 territory. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was highly anticipated for me, and uh, I didn't even realize the first episode was out as of this uh, stream right now yesterday. So as soon as we're done, I'm going yeah, to watch like, it. It only aired about eight hours ago, so very yeah. recent. But uh, definitely one that I will be uh, watching at least the first couple episodes of. It's one that on my sort of just, you know, noted list, I anticipate that I will be keeping up with this one throughout the season. So uh, about as optimistic as it can get for me for something that isn't a sequel. You want to take the next one? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so this next one is Love All Play. But from another Nippon. sports anime there's so much sports this season tis tis the season for it uh from way, happy animation. opening day baseball fans <laughs> and uh olm um this comes from a novel uh ryo mizushima enrolls in junior high and joins the badminton club oh my god another badminton anime back to back season <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time there was a badminton anime in the past two seasons i'd have two nickels which isn't a lot but it's weird that it happened twice yeah uh so he joins the badminton club with great vigor and although the club didn't have a proper coach 
Wow, this is a long freaking synopsis. Uh, I'll try to speed through this. Oh. Mizushima improved his skills with his own physical strength by the time he participated in the Prefectural Tournament. Afterwards, he is approached by the Yokohama Minato High School's badminton coach, Ebihara. Indecisive and timid, Mizushima hesitates to attend such a prestigious school. However, with his elder sister, Rika, giving him a strong push, he decides to go to Yokohama Minato. Now blessed with the coach and idiosyncratic teammates, Mizushima will gain experience he's lacked until now and aims to win the inter-high tournament. Sounds yeah. like a sports anime to me. Yeah, if you, you know. Sports, if you like, uh, you know, badminton. Uh, this is OLM, so the good folks that brought us Odd Taxi, that bring us Pokemon, uh, yeah. Nippon Animation. I'm doing a quick search on what they've done. Uh, they haven't done a ton of stuff, but this looks very serviceable. I remember watching the trailer for it last week, and, you know, it's a sports anime. It's badminton. Uh, it looks to be on the more serious, realistic side. Uh, yeah. There's no real indication of anything fantastical or unusual here. So if you like your sports, you're eating good this season. I'm going to take the next three because two of them are sequels and it's going to be real fast to go through them. Yep. Uh, the first is Love Live at Nijigasaki High School Idol Club Season 2. It's more Love Live. If you like your Love Live, here you go. Enjoy. It's become the standard of Idol anime for good reason. I haven't watched anything since Sunshine, but for those who are into it, it seems to still be selling well. And, uh, you know, you all can debate uh, as you please of which seasons are good, if things are still as good as they once were or not, but uh, they're still making it one way or another, and here you go. The next one is Magica Record, Puella Mad Magi, Madoka Magica, Side Story Final Season, Dawn of Shallow Dream. Whew. Uh, yeah, it's the Magica Record next season. The mobile game was shuttered, at least in terms of the North American release, a bit over a year ago, so if there's any story that you wanted to get... From what I've heard, you know, nothing's going to stand up to the original Madoka Magica. It was mm. genre-defining in a very literal sense. It, it is what gave rise to the dark girl magical subgenre. Yeah. The dark magical girl subgenre. That even if it wasn't necessarily the first, that maybe you can go back and find one that it predated it. That yeah. it absolutely gave rise to that subgenre. And that I don't think is disputable. So uh, if you're into that, enjoy. and. Uh, interestingly enough, looking at this listing, it says four episodes aired, so I don't know if they just dropped a batch or if it's an airing thing, and this is a quirk in the Annie chart listing. But uh, yeah, if you were keeping up with uh, Magica Record, then here you go. And now for one that's actually new this season, Miss Sha Shachiku and the Little Baby Ghost. Uh, this one comes from Project Number 9, which is actually the same studio doing Love After World Domination. A little ghost girl gets worried when Miss Fushihara, a corporate slave, is working till midnight and tries to make her go home. Say, while saying, leave now, the ghost girl helps and brings her some refreshments, healing Miss Fushihara's heart with her preciousness. Be healed by the heartwarming daily life of the cute little ghost and the corporate slave, Miss Fushihara. Judging from the art and from what I saw in the trailer, this is very much what it says on the tin, that it's sort of a healing show about someone who's overworked and the idea of, you know, this 
cute little ghost who is sort of, you know, encouraging self-care, acting Mm. as sort of uh, not a surrogate therapist, but, you know, frankly, almost a pet. And Mm. uh, it it looks a little weird, frankly, to me that Mm. I I think that everything here is going to be written or at least intended as innocent, that uh, these designs are cute, chibi, you know, toddlers, but there is absolutely nothing sexualized about them. So, you know, yeah. you're in the clear there. It's fine. It, you can sort of perhaps overread into connotations of, well, a, the idea of a toddler, having, having a toddler added to your life is usually not something that will decrease the hecticness of your life. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. And I say this as someone who is not a parent, but, you know, I think that's a pretty obvious one. Um, I don't know if it's in the line of, you know, Japan's population or rather mm. uh, their, the birth rate rates are kind of low. And is this supposed to be, you know, one of those things of trying to encourage people to have kids? That's probably overreading. Um, mm. But it's also, you know, it, she's not exactly poised to be a parent. If anything, the baby ghost is trying to help her, which is sweet in its own way that mm. I, I'm very much reading this as just an innocent cutesy show um uh you know if you're someone who is a bit overworked in your day job and wants someone to sort of you know be cute and help you out tell you to take breaks and (laughs) not overwork yourself maybe here you go i don't plan to keep up with this one but at the very least Mm. i will say that i don't have any you know big worries about this being a problematic show it's a weird concept but not a inherently bad one i think it's going to be you know wholesome comedy slice of life i mean i've got a couple of friends who within the past couple of years have had kids and i've lost touch with them because they're so busy with that (laughs) so i mean i could totally see how the little baby ghost thing uh especially because one of the more popular sitcoms on cbs uh within the last season was uh adapted from a bbc sitcom ghosts uh, so the concept of ghosts entering somebody's life already is problematic make it a toddler oh my god uh, but then make it an intelligent toddler who's telling you oh make sure you get enough sleep make sure you're drinking water and then it gets wholesome on top of like comedically problematic so it's it's a bizarre combination of things um i mean I'm not really one for cutesy slice of life. So this is not up my, like in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, But but I've seen worse setups. Yeah, definitely a unique setup. And I think that this will gain some traction with the audience that enjoys the cute slice of life stuff. It's going to be a good, like cool down show for people who will watch something dark and actiony at one point. And then like immediately Mm -hmm. be like, I need something else. (laughs) Yeah. It it can be a palate cleanser show. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you take the next two? Because the first one is a third season that you can just sort of skim past. All right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start hitting sequelitis uh, here and there. Motto, majime ni fukajime kaiketsu zorori third season from Bandai Namco Pictures and Ajiado. It is the third season of that show. I don't um, know jack about this thing. Uh, neither it doesn't do even I. have a localized name. 
Yeah. Uh, um, looking at it, this is very clearly a show for kids. That this yeah. is something that is, you know, big. this is for the actual children's block. This is not yeah. a, you know, a cutesy show. This is actually just a kid's show. Yeah. And looking at it, I don't see any links at this time to North American streaming services anyway. So we'll just pass yeah. that one by. Uh, skip uh or rather next anime uh we got rpg real estate from studio doga kobo uh i know them recently from watching um uh oh god it was it was weekly weekly girls nozaki oh, no, that was it. oh yeah that's yeah. from several years back but a yeah. very good one um, uh, but they also anyway. did asteroid in love they did ikibukuro westgate park they did sleepy princess in the demon castle oh yeah uh, so they did how the heavier the dumbbells are you lift. There you go. There you go. Okay, well, anyway, uh, you'd think it was an isekai? Surprise, it's not. The story begins 15 years after the Demon King was defeated, and the world has become peaceful. Kotone, who graduated from school and became a magician, inquired the kingdom-affiliated RPG Real Estate in order to find a new home. In reality, RPG Real Estate was Kotone's place of employment, and together with Fa, a demi-human, the priest Rufuria, and soldier Rakira, they help support the searches of new homes for the customers with various circumstances. It's classified as a comedy fantasy and is on Crunchyroll this season. Yep, uh, you and I have both actually watched the first episode of this one already. We'll, like we said, save the commentary for next week. Uh, yeah. In this case, RPG is an acronym for Rent Something Group, I think, that uh, they come up with a creative acronym for it, but this is not actually an isekai or a video game, even if there might be, you know, it, it's a fantasy show. But we'll yeah. talk more about that next week. Up next is Science Fell in Love, so I tried to prove it. R equals 1 minus sine theta. Woo! This is the sequel to <laughs> Science Fell in Love, so I tried to prove it, a show that we have discussed at a relatively good length on uh, this podcast before. Uh, it's fine. It's a very quirky show. Uh, I actually watched the first episode of the second season today, and yeah, it's picking up where it left off. It didn't take any hard... Uh, uh, turns or anything like that. So if you enjoyed season one, it looks like season two will be up your alley as well. For those wondering why R equals one minus sine theta, the graphical representation of that is a cardioid, a heart. Yep. Aww, how cute. <laughs> you even see it in the uh, the logo when you reach the end of the uh, title sequence. So I mean, like, if you don't know math, well, you'll learn that at least by the end of mm. watching the opening cutscene. <laughs> Yep. You can take the next two as well because the first one's pretty easy. All right. Uh, so we got Shadowverse Flame, a fantasy series coming to us from Studio Zex. Uh, Shadowverse Flame features a new protagonist, Light Tenryu, and is a story set in Shadowvar College, a facility that trains professional players of the Shadowverse game. Tenryu Light, a transfer student, decides to join the Seventh Flame, one of the seven Shadowvar clubs. However, Seventh Flame is on the verge of closure due to lack of members. In order to avoid the club's demise, Light, begin, uh, Light decides to look for new members. But what awaits him are powerful rivals who control a wide variety of cards. This is airing currently on Crunchyroll and Verve. I just realized I, I served this one up to you and said it was easy, but you might not have context. Are you familiar with Shadowverse? I mean, I'm assuming it's a card-battling anime with a it, kind of K-On type concept. It's a 
digital card game. Um, okay. Actually, several members of Hololive English have actually done partnerships and sponsored oh. streams with Shadowverse. Apparently, this show has nothing to do with the actual lore in the card game. This is just, it's a Yu-Gi-Oh spinoff right down to the GX <laughs> trope of having an academy for learning to play the card game. So you can write this off pretty quickly as a Yu-Gi-Oh type show. And it's a new Yu-Gi-Oh type show. This is a first season. So if you're the type of person who enjoys this stuff, but usually says, oh, I see they're airing their third, fourth, fifth season, and it's just too late for me to get in on this show. Here's your chance to get on the ground floor if that is your type of fare. But otherwise, mm. it's reading up as that type of show. So here mm. you are. All right. And uh, the next one also comes to us uh, from RPG Real Estate Studio, Toga Kobo. And it is Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. The ultimate heartthrob girlfriend appears. Naturally unlucky high school student Izumi's girlfriend is his classmate Shikimori. She has a beautiful smile and kind personality and always seems happy when she's with Izumi. There's a pretty cute and loving girlfriend. But when Izumi's in trouble, she transforms into a super cool heartthrob girlfriend. The fun lives of cute and cool Shikimori, Izumi, and their good friends never end. And this is currently airing on Crunchyroll and Verve. This is one that I've heard a lot of people anticipating. Um, it is based on a manga, and it's a comedy and romance. It's a rom-com. The visuals are very good, and supposedly Shikimori is going to be a contender for Best Girl. Mm. And basically, the concept of cool here is the type of thing that one of the things that's shown in the trailer. Mm. is the the boyfriend character almost runs into traffic and, you know, she pulls him back and, like, yeah. puts him against a wall and sort of has that, the tropey, cool boyfriend line of, oh, goodness, what am I going to do with you? And it's that, it's the girl doing this, but she's also very cute. So tailoring to both ends of that sort of spectrum of cute and cool and that she's yeah. just... A, a wonderful girlfriend and they're already going out so there is not the will they won't they trope of it and uh, I don't know much else about it yeah the production values look good yeah and sure I'll try another rom-com why not yeah <laughs> I mean uh, it's funny because spring in Japan is typically reserved for like and, and seen as romance you know you you have uh you know the the cherry blossom festivals and everything like that yeah even in um, the west you have the idea of spring romance yeah so i mean it's it's only natural that aside from sports uh because weather's getting nicer outside so let's play sports the other thing that dominates the spring season is usually rom-coms i've never and, i feel like i've never seen it though to this extent where there's been such a overrepresentation of sports and rom-coms that I maybe think I just it, haven't been paying as much attention, but it feels like there is a greater proportion of those two genres than usual. Not that it's uh, inherently it surprising when you read can, into it, but give it a couple weeks. We could probably do an episode talking about uh, genre saturation in certain time periods. Cause it's a fascinating area of study, but I want to get actual data on that to, okay. see, you know, is there, actually statistical evidence showing hey there is a larger proportion of this type of show in this type of season yeah 
I mean, uh, I idea for sure. I only know uh, I only know of one really specific uh, example that I saw, and it had to do with zombies versus vampires uh, in dealing with Western culture, especially America. That apparently in times of economic downturn, uh, I think it was zombies tend to be more pre- uh, prevalent, and really? in times oh. of uh, improving economy, vampires are more prevalent and i mean i guess that's provable just with the success of twilight uh back when things were coming up from one recession and then the walking dead just (laughs) dominating during the most recent recession Eh, i wouldn't call that statistically significant but anyways we're a bit off track here yeah but Uh, anyway next shin ikitosen insert what year is it meme because (laughs) yes ikitosen's back um for those of you who aren't familiar, Ikitosen is a action etchy. The listing here actually has no description. Um, mm. I'm going to check one other site to see if there is a... Nope, there is no synopsis there either. Bottom Not line is this is a... It's an etchy battle anime where uh, girls with... Uh, a very, very nice figure, shall we say, do battle. <laughs> very healthy and, bodies. Yes, indeed. Um, you would, I would advise just looking up Ikitosin. Yeah. Because this is a dated show and then deciding if you want to get into this. Now, since there is no synopsis, it's not immediately clear if this is a reboot or a sequel. Um, well, it says three episodes airing in uh, May on television, so I'm assuming this is actually more of a mini series than anything. Maybe like a next generation story or something. I mean, uh, if anybody doesn't know about Ikitos, and aside from watching it, uh, if you've ever played Dynasty Warriors, you know the gist of Ikitos, and because the girls are imbued with the spirits of the uh, famous warriors of the three kingdoms period in ancient china so uh, and actually so looking at this it says that this is actually just an ova that it's only three episodes so uh, this is a weird misclassification usually they have yeah in the separate section of any chart okay going on to the next one uh do you want me to take this one or do you want it um i think you might have a little more to say about the next one maybe uh only because it's like one of the big ones of the year. And I think yeah, you've true. read a little bit of it. Um, so this one comes to us from a light novel from studio Kai and Hornets. Ah, <laughs> skeleton Knight in another world. Uh, one day a gamer played video games until he fell asleep. And when he woke up, he found himself in the game world as a skeleton equipped with the powerful weapons and armor of his avatar, but stuck with its frightening skeletal appearance. Ark has to find a place for himself in this new fantastical land. All his hopes for a quiet life are dashed when he crosses paths with a beautiful elven warrior, setting him on a journey full of conflict and adventure. Yep, it's an isekai. <laughs> it's an isekai. I've seen the first episode of this one, and I will talk about it in a bit more detail next week. But one thing I will say right off the bat is uh, the opening frames of this show have a content warning. It says, you know, graphic content not suitable for all audiences. That doesn't help when the opening frames are the problematic content. Yeah. Um, I mean, you even uh, opening, see it 
if you watch yeah. the trailer, you will see actually, I think those opening frames, right? Yeah. Because I saw that in the trailer and that's what had me going, whoa, <laughs> like, I got and, I got like PTSD mm -hmm. flashbacks to watching anime in the like from the late 80s, early 90s, <laughs> that edgy period. Yeah. So doing this part really quickly, basically the cold open is a girl being sexually assaulted and our protagonist coming in and saving them. Fortunately, it isn't as graphic as some other shows have been that uh, yeah. they, that they rip off her dress, but she still retains corset and everything. So there's that. Uh, yeah. But it is still, you know, if that type of thing is, is stressing to you, then you should probably avoid this one. But at the very least, yeah, it, this doesn't appear to be an etchy show, even if they go a bit extreme in that opening scene and they yeah. then do it's sort of flashback and adventure. have it again later. But the rest of the show is fine. I'll get into yeah. my opinions on it next week, next but week, uh, I yeah. sort of want to give that little warning here since the in-show one, it's too late by the time it comes up. They should have <laughs> had, you know, a couple seconds at least of, you know, you know, just a blank screen maybe. Set up I don't or know. something, like fade yeah. into it maybe. Uh but anyway, um, that's that one. Up next is what I would probably call the front runner for the anticipated anime of the season, and that is Spy X Family. I have not actually read this one myself, but Mary from our radio drama cast has read this one, has sworn by it, and uh, she and others have told me very, very good things about this show. Everyone has a part of themselves they cannot show to anyone else. At a time when all nations of the world are involved in a fierce war of information happening behind closed doors, Ostensia and Westalis had been in a state of cold war against one another for decades. For the Westalis Intelligence Services Eastern Focus Division, WISE, sends their most talented spy, Twilight, on a top-secret mission to investigate the movements of Donovan Desmond, the chairman of Ostantia... Uh, Ostania's National Unity Party, who is threatening peace efforts between the two nations. The mission known as Operation Strix consists of, quote, putting together a family in one week in order to infiltrate social gatherings organized by the elite school that Desmond's son attends. Twilight takes on the identity of a psychiatrist Lord Forger and starts looking for family members. But Anya, the daughter he adopts, turns out to have the ability to read people's minds, while his wife Yor is an assassin. With it being in each, with it being in each of their own interests to keep these facts hidden, they start living together while concealing their true identities from one another. World peace is now in the hands of this brand new family as they embark on an adventure full of surprises. So you have the spy father, the assassin mother, and the young telepath girl who is aware of both her father and mother's true identities, and. She, I suppose, is sort of the self-insert for the audience in also being able to have some fun reactions. I've heard very good things about the show. It is a dual collaboration between Cloverworks and Wit Studio. Wit Studio, who has done some amazing work, especially in the past two years, with Ranking of Kings and Vivi Fluoride Eye Song. Cloverworks mm. has done great things like Horimiya, but also bungled things like Promised Neverland. Mm. So we just need to hope that as long as they stick to the material and don't feel rushed on a second season and completely change everything that mm. 
generally speaking, Cloverworks has a pretty good record and Wit has a very good record. So this is in very reliable hands for the most part, and I'm very optimistic for this show. So I'm going to mm. be watching it for sure, and I would be very surprised if I wasn't watching it at the end of the season as well. Hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. The trailers made it seem lots of fun. Um, the artwork style, kind of, of everything going on with the spies and stuff, reminded me of we're going uh, we're going way back here. LR, licensed by royalty. Um, I actually and I, don't know that show. Wow, that's that's twice I've managed to uh, catch you off guard with something. <laughs> um well anyway uh i i love the style i love the concept um you know it looks like there's going to be some wholesome stuff there's going to be some action there's going to be some comedy i think it's got a little something for everybody and uh i i gotta say looking at uh annie chart it's uh well i know in america we're getting it on crunchyroll and verb but i guess in japan they're getting it on netflix it seems possibly because huh. it says netflix as well on here so um gonna be interesting to see how the hell it airs you know whatever they're doing for it so uh, streaming it's a wonderful uh jungle to navigate when trying to find out what shows you want to watch where <laughs> yes indeed okay um next one comes to us from olm uh it's summertime render based off of the manga the tragic incident calls a young man named shinpei back to his hometown on the remote island of hikotashima japan but something sinister awaits upon his return. A chilling sequence of events unfolds that will have dire consequences for Shinpei, for Japan, and for the entire world. It's uh, classified as an action drama. Um, and uh, bizarrely enough, um, insert shameless VPN plug here. Um, hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag we would love to be sponsored. <laughs> Yeah, sure, um, we'll take that sponsorship. It's airing on Disney Plus, uh, which would be Disney Plus Japan, obviously. Um, so, of course, there would also be no English subtitles. So, hope you uh, hope you brushed up on your language comprehension. I, um, this is being aired somewhere in North America. I know. I could have sworn I saw it somewhere, and I hope it is because watching the trailer, this is actually my pick for Dark Horse of the Season of mm. potentially being one of the best shows of the season. Uh, watching the trailer, it is telegraphing that there is some time loop shenanigans, so something along the lines of ReZero, hmm. and the idea of figuring out what happens that, keep in mind, OLM, this is the studio that brought us Odd Taxi, and I'm looking yeah. at this as the Odd Taxi of 2022, potentially. So I actually I'm... hadn't realized that there was no link to north american i'm actually kind of caught off guard by this because everything that i'm seeing uh when i look up the wikipedia page licensed by disney platform distribution and it says right down in the anime section um disney licensed the anime so i don't know if disney plus is going into anime in the west but yeah this is officially licensed by disney at least for japan at least in japan yeah uh I'll do some digging later and figure out if this um, is, is going to be in North America as well or not, because I really want to see this show. I'm hoping that it is available somewhere for streaming in North America, and we will figure that out another day. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll report on that next week or something. Up next is Dawn of the Witch. 
I can't remember. Who am I? What am I? Seville is a student at a magic academy who has no memories of anything from before he joined the school. Not understanding why he's there, the time he spends at the academy, he feels hollow and empty. And since he doesn't know how to work hard, his grades are always the lowest in his year. Then one day, the school headmaster, Albus... Dang it! Uh, the school headmaster, Albus, who is a uh, female in this one, orders Seville to participate in a dangerous special training. I want you to spread the use of magic in an area where they hold witch hunts. It has only been a few years since the war between the church and the witches came to an end, and the world has not yet fully accepted witches and their magic. This is the dawn of the Age of the Witch. This is the story of how a young man, a boy who is no one special, and his companions, who all hold wounds in their hearts, set out and end up finding themselves. I watched the first episode of this the other day. I'll give commentary on it next week. It's not an isekai at the very least, at least not from what I can tell in the first episode. And uh, it's, you know, a proper fantasy show about uh, witches and witch hunts. I think it has some potential. I'll get more specific into it next week. But uh, right now, this one is basically as it says in the synopsis that mm. uh, the first episode is basically them playing it out. So there you go. If that seems of interest to you, it's probably of interest to you. And if not, it's probably not. It's on my curiosity list. Um, I, I, I put a... Uh... I think it's either I think it's marked with a question mark on my uh, uh, on my list of shows to watch. So I'm definitely I'm going to give that first episode a uh, watch and see if it grabs my attention. Um, it was and there's so much this season, so uh, we might as well just uh, kind of brush over the next one as it's a season two. Yep. The Demon Girl Next Door season two. Uh, it's the second season of The Demon Girl Next Door. Uh, Shimiko, a.k.a. Shadow Mistress Yuko, aims to break the curse placed on her family by the Clan of Light. Along the way, she forms an unlikely allegiance with Momo, a rival from the Light Clan. They need to work together to find another magical girl who's gone mysteriously missing. And what's this? There's a dangerous force lurking somewhere in the city. Plus, uh, Shimiko's mysterious father might be closer than she thinks, question mark. This was a cutesy show that had its first season a couple years ago if it's sort of imagine the love after world domination thing but instead of romance it's just friends it's uh hmm. comedy fantasy and it, the characters are cute and it's it was sort of a slice of life from the two episodes of it that i saw hmm. so if you like season one here's season two all righty um, so this next one comes to us uh, from the same studio as Demon Girl Next Door. Uh, it's JC Staff, uh, The Executioner and Her Way of Life. This comes from a uh, light novel. Um, when interdimensional travelers from an otherworldly land known as Japan appear, they often bring death and destruction. It's up to executioners like Menon to track and exterminate the lost ones before they wreak havoc. When Menon encounters a beguiling lost one named Akari. It's bloody business as usual until Menon discovers Akari can cheat death, that is. Even so, Menon has a job to do and she is committed to her executioner's mission, come hell or high water, provided her newly stirring feelings don't get in the way. 
Uh, yeah, this is I an like adventure the concept on here. High Dive. Yeah, that's the thing. It's on High Dive, and I don't have a subscription, but I might. High Dive has started to have enough shows where I might add it on, and especially since Funimation no longer needs an, a second subscription. Yeah. That I'm looking at this and saying, okay, eh, I didn't really want to have three active subscriptions, and High Dive, at least historically for me, has not enough, had enough shows that I personally have wanted to watch. Yeah. But now that I can sort of say, all right, I'm not paying for the Funimation one anymore, so pick up High Dive, and that's a bit more palatable for me because uh, this one mm. does look cool. Uh, from the first episode review that I've read, it's what it says on the tin. That's an interesting concept of, okay, it's an isekai show, but it's a show about a girl whose job it is to kill the people who are isekai'd into her world yeah. because they are considered harbingers of destruction. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting concept, S similar to another one we're going to talk about later on that kind of takes the isekai trope into a non-traditional direction and perspective. Since we're seeing an isekai from the point of view of somebody in the native world that somebody gets dropped into. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, like, this caught my attention from the trailer and the concept. Um, I might have to drop some money on High Dive, too, just to check this out. As uh, as as the time of us recording, uh, the first two episodes are already out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the next one is The Greatest Demon Lord is Reborn as a Typical Nobody. Boy, howdy. Is that a uh, stereotypical light novel title, if I've ever heard one, but you know <laughs> who's doing it? The studio that I, over the past several years, have always said they take these genre shows and they know how to pick them. It's Silver Link, so you have my attention. <laughs> At the most powerful... Sorry, as the most powerful entity of all time, the demon door, the demon lord Varvatos thinks life is a big fat snore. When he takes matters into his own hands and decides to reincarnate, he calibrates his magical strength to be perfectly average. But there is no way he could have predicted that everyone in the modern world would be weak as hell, which means that he is totally overpowered once again. Reborn under the name Ard, he has ladies fawning over him, the royal family begging him to become the next king, and an ex-minion insisting on killing him? Question mark, exclamation point. But Ard has a one-track mind, and he won't stop at anything to achieve his ultimate goal. I have seen the first episode for this one. I have thoughts. We're gonna wait for next week. Mm. Uh, but uh, this, this is a power fantasy, to be sure. Mm. And there's a couple things here that, you know, this looks as just vanilla as can be on the surface. Mm. But S Silverlink has this track record of picking these shows that look like they're just mundane, run-of-the-mill entries in their genre that end up just overperforming. Not necessarily being anime of the year type fair, but that they have very rarely missed that mm. most of the things they do, even if it's just, you know, a solid B show that they're all solid B shows. And yeah, that's, that's a track record that is still notable, especially when mm. they, it's these adaptations that don't necessarily have the pedigree name that the biggest one they've done yeah. in terms of name recognition would obviously be my next life is a villainess. Mm. And uh, just sort of going from there, there's a lot of them that have 
come and gone over the past couple of years. And uh, those who have listened for a while will know that Silverlink is, that's the one studio for me that I don't hold them up as the powerhouse best studio in the industry, but I say always watch what they pick because Mm. whoever is in charge of their licensing department knows how to pick them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... uh... Every everything that I saw from uh, the the trailer of it and stuff, it and the concept, it intrigues me. Uh, it's it's definitely a first episode that I go uh, got to go and watch. Um, and if it really catches my eye, I'm just going to keep running with it, give it that uh, typical three episode run, and decide from there if it's going to be something I continue with. Since it's just another like isekai but you're saying that they just run really well with what they pick so it's like now they had um our last crusade they had um what was it there was the demon king one actually let me just look up uh the ones they've done from this past several years um why is this name not localized here huh why is the name not localized um Oh, Misfit of Demon King Academy. Huh. Uh, stop that. The list I'm trying to pull up just messing up a little bit. Uh, they had, oh, um, World's Finest Assassin, Jahisama. Okay, yep. Um, Our Last Crusade, as I mentioned, Bofuri. So they have a pretty good track record of just very good shows. So mm. uh, definitely, like I said, always keep an eye on them, that they can miss every so often, but most of what they do is just overperforming. Up next cool. is Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2, and it's Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2. If you saw Season 1, you know what possibly to expect. I didn't watch it because I heard there was some kind of cringy stuff about mm. the scenario but a lot of people have also said it's really good so this has always been a show that has been sort of a giant asterisk on my mm. list of do i actually want to watch it and maybe sometime i'll actually just sit down and give it a couple yeah. episodes so i can give a properly informed opinion but i know some people don't like the show i know uh, some people really do like the show and uh it's a sequel so here you go uh, okay, so we're nearing very close to the end of the TV season uh, section here. Uh, this is something I saw the first episode of. I freaking loved it. Can't wait to talk about it next week. Tomodachi Game. Uh, this comes to us from Okuruto Noboru. I don't. I don't think that's the studio. I think that might be the 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 author. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm unfamiliar. Um, but anyway. High school student Katagiri Yuichi, who values friendship above all else, enjoys a fulfilling life with his close friends Sawagiri Shio, Mikasa Tenji, Shibe Makoto, and Kokorogi Yutori. However, after a particular incident, they're dragged into a debt repayment game. The only way to beat the Tomodachi game is to not doubt their friends. Bound together by solid friendships, the game should have been easy, but the hugely popular comic that sold over 2 million copies is finally becoming an anime. Will they trust or betray their precious, their precious friends? Well, the true nature of humanity is, uh, the huge, the true nature, nature of humanity is exposed in this ultimate psychological game. This one definitely catches my eye because I like smart shows, with smart people mm. doing smart things. And usually when you have a game like this, that it, it sounds like 
as it says, a psychological game. It has the mystery tag, so this yep. isn't a, a... It's not a battle death game. Yeah. That this is a strategy, psychological, thoughtful death game. Yeah. Some of these um, do better than others. It's obviously an adaptation based on, like I said, uh, a manga that has sold many millions of copies, so I plan to watch at least the first couple of episodes on this one, and... Uh, We'll see where it goes from there, but it has my attention for sure. My thoughts next week on it, um, but I will say some interesting little things uh, about things. If you liked it, watch this. Uh, if you've heard of the drama Liar Game, you will like this. If you enjoyed Squid Game, you will like this. It's not a death game. Keep that in mind. This is a more of a deceit and trying to trick people so think the mind games that people play in reality shows like survivor that type of thing um and fun fact the creepy little mascot boy that you see in that key art there is voiced by the same person who voiced kiki in kiki's delivery service nice let that resonate in your head when you watch that <laughs> mm. Okay, now this one I know RJ, I'm not sure if he's in the chat today or if he'll listen to this later, uh, that he has read and he has sort of marked as one that he's enjoyed. Meanwhile, when I first read this synopsis, I had it written off as one of the worst shows I've ever heard of, frankly. Um, I will say that I have watched the first episode, I have read a couple reviews, and I will give my full thoughts on it next week. Um, hmm. I'll, I'll read this out and then give my initial impression when I read it. Leon, a formal, a former Japanese worker was reincarnated into an Otome game world uh, and despaired at how it was a world where females uh, hold dominance over males. It was as if men were just livestock that served as stepping stones for females in this world. The only exceptions were the game's romantic targets, a group of handsome men led by the crown prince. In these bizarre circumstances, Leon held one weapon, his knowledge from his previous world where his brazen sister had forced him to complete the game. Leon, who just wants to live as a shut-in in the countryside, uses that knowledge to raise a ferocious revolt against the women and the handsome men. So initially, this reads as... Okay, there's an Otome game that was letting girls have a power fantasy, and, well, we can't have that, so we're gonna... You, girls can't even have a power fantasy in fantasy. The, the idea of worlds where social norms are reversed is something that has been done many, many times in many mediums. The idea of yeah. you know a, a world where uh, women or other uh, historical uh, underrepresented or oppressed groups hold greater power over the historically either majority or in power groups. Hmm. And there's a lot of potential for social commentary in those types hmm. of things. But the concept of a show where play person goes into this world where the social norms are flipped and that there are the main drive of the show is to revert this inverted social norm on paper, it reads in extremely poor taste to me. Hmm. Just, you, you know, a, obviously, in an ideal world, nobody is oppressed. In an ideal world, 
you you don't have to worry about those dynamics one way or another. I fully recognize that that is, as I said, an ideal world and not mm. the world we live in, most certainly. But also, you know, just that that last line of raise a ferocious revolt against the women <laughs> and the handsome men. I raises can, my I, eyebrow and makes me say that sounds really cringy. The the synopsis doesn't quite do enough justice to it. We can talk about it next week. I watched the first episode last night and uh it had me laughing. Um the first episode does a good job of setting up why he does not like being in this world and why he wants out of it and and I just and, like I said, I watch it myself and I want to save most of this for next week, but I'll say yeah. I have a lot of problems with how they set it up because I feel like there's I don't know if caveat is the right word, but the way in which they set it up is not very logical and we're already talking about an isekai. But we'll get yeah. into that next week. So definitely something to yeah. look forward to, folks, because uh, we'll probably go a couple rounds on this one. I'll probably mm. watch the first three episodes just so I can give an informed opinion on this one, if yeah. for no other reason, to be able to give an informed opinion. Because this one, at least in our Discord, by the way, you can join our Discord where we have channels for anime, movies, music, and uh, many other things for good discussion. And the fact that it is of interest to several people on our team means that we'll at least discuss it at a uh, greater length than usual. But uh, I have some complex thoughts on this one. You were right that, at least from the first episode, it's not as brazenly poor taste as this synopsis would potentially lead you to believe. But I don't think it's in great taste either, and we'll get into that mm. next week. So uh, we keep teasing you next week on mm -hmm. Dekai. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, second to last one, and the last one will be really easy. I love this title. It's your boy Kong Ming. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, because there's a difference in pronunciation between Chinese and Japanese when it comes to kanji, Kong Ming is Zhuge Liang of Romance of the Three Kingdoms. That's right, another Romance of the Three Kingdoms anime this season my mind's blown because i love that but anyway um this is airing on high dive it's from pa works it's a comedy drama fate and reincarnation deliver brilliant military strategist i'm just gonna say it Zhuge Liang, from warring ancient china three kingdoms to japan's modern party hotspot in shibuya city tokyo after a lifetime of battles and military skirmishes Zhuge uh, wished with his last breath to be reborn in a world of peace and prosperity. It is nearly two millennia later, and he's finding his way in a very different world than that of his past life. When he meets Aiko, an amateur musician with big dreams, the unlikely duo strikes up an even unlikelier friendship. Aiko has street smarts to help Zhuge navigate this strange new world. And Zhuge will use his strategic mind to help Eiko achieve stardom. An advanced online stream. Okay, so yeah. Um, anyway, it's on high dive. Uh, and first two episodes are out already as of uh, this stream. Um, I'm going to have to get high dive. Dang it. <laughs>
because this is of interest to me because I love the Three Kingdoms period of China. So uh, I'm definitely going to be watching this uh, this season. Yeah, we've had shows where, you know, historical figure brought into modern day and having to deal with it and the inherent comedy of them not understanding either new social norms or technology. But at the same time, it is a trope that is used very effectively because you can tell some interesting stories that way. And it seems like a pretty average entry in that subgenre. But at the same time, this doesn't sound like it's devoid of creativity. So mm. I will definitely be interested to hear your takes on it because it, I think there's so many shows that I actively want to watch this season that this is going to be outside of uh, the term I used last week was the, the bubble, you know. Yeah, yeah. But if you come back and say, oh my gosh, Joel, this show is really, really good, then I, I would probably pick it up at your word alone. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how this turns out, because I, I didn't even realize, because I've only got Crunchyroll at the moment, that the first two episodes are out. So now I've got to go and sign up for High Dive. Hashtag wish we were sponsored. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I'm definitely, uh, I, I have a vested interest in the concept being Warring States China historical figure. So, yeah. Uh, all and right. then the last one Layup. is Yu-Gi-Oh! Go Rush. It's the eighth anime series in the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise. Good lord. I, I'm, well, I'm just like, there you go. What? <laughs> they, at the very least, it's the first season of the eighth series. So yeah. if you dropped out of Yu-Gi-Oh! and have gotten into it recently with the Master Duel uh, game that was released, here's a new ground floor to get in on. So you'll be you know, starting the new plot and the new characters. And judging from this key art, it looks like futuristic space travel mm. this looks like the second half of Gurren Lagan with <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh um I mean yeah uh eighth verse same as the first kind of um I mean I I will say that if Yu-Gi-Oh has caught your attention with that game yes look into it um I mean because all in all watching that anime every time they come out with a new season explains the myriad of new rules and cards that are going to be way more OP than anything in the first series. What? Like 20 years ago now or something like that. Oh God. Now I feel old, even trying yeah, to figure out when Yu-Gi-Oh really started, old. Really old. <laughs> but, but this is one of the few things much like Pachinko that Konami is going to milk for as long as it can. Oh, so expect course. many more seasons of Yu-Gi-Oh to come in the future. That will just mm -hmm. get weirder and weirder. <laughs> yep. And that is it. That is all the new anime airing in the spring 2022 season and right about at the hour mark too. So very On TV. Nice. Yeah. So definitely a lot to digest. We've already seen a good number of first episodes. I anticipate that we'll be seeing a lot more over this next week. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about some of our initial reactions and uh, it's going to be a good time. Like I said, I always enjoy this little span of three episodes every season. Very easy to plan, but very fun to actually go through. As always, you can like, follow, subscribe for Digital Era Entertainment here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And on YouTube, you can see the trailer for Kokoro no Pro, our upcoming visual novel, uh, wrestling visual, visual novel dating sim that's being headed up by RJ and Mario. You can visit our sponsor, Image Anime, at imageanime.com and use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. And you can get Digital Era Entertainment merchandise at digitalerraentertainment.streamelements.com. I will be back this Sunday, 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 with the next <laughs> installment of Hololive Championship Wrestling, along with Reach's Beast and Mario, who will be making his triumphant return. Uh, he's still mostly on hiatus, but taking a special exception for this one because uh, it's such a fun, unique thing that we only do once a month, every couple of months. So uh, if you are a fan of wrestling, it's of a pay-per-view, life, you know, yeah, <laughs> got to exactly. keep them special. Or if you're just a fan of storytelling, that that is what these shows really boil down to, that we provide full context for the characters and storylines. So even if you haven't listened to anything previously, we will be able to set things up for you and you'll understand what we're writing in this fantasy booking show. Uh, it's probably going to be a longer one that uh, these broadcasts usually go anywhere from three to five hours, but it's a fun time. It's going to be starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time, starting earlier than usual, because uh, in the past we've done Monday evening broadcasts, but are shifting to Sunday midday. That way uh, it just works out for everyone on the team. It's going to be a bit smoother there. But uh, a lot of fun for sure. So that's going to be whole live championship wrestling this Sunday, the 10th. Uh, yes, yeah, the 10th at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern. And I will be back next week with either RJ or possibly Neo Ivan, depending. Uh, we actually finally finished the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles yesterday, RJ and I. So we might take a week off and do a filler episode, for lack of a better term, of L.A. Noir, but we might continue with the greatest attorney next week. We'll find out. You can find out about that on the Discord. So if you join that, you'll get the announcements every morning of what streams are going on that day, and you'll be able to know, all right, what's actually going to be happening on Thursday night. I think that is about all we have. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We're looking forward to another wonderful season of anime with everybody. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Music.